Hi, and welcome to the Food Navigator podcast, your deep dive into the big trends shaping the food and beverage industry. I'm Food Navigator journalist Oliver Morrison. The use of meaty or dairy-like names for plant-based versions of animal-based foods is a contentious topic in parts of Europe. The French government is currently complaining that terms like burger, sausage and steak are associated with meat and meat alone and should not be used on plant-based products. In the UK, dairy alternative brands currently fear a clampdown from trading standards authorities, preventing them from using descriptors such as yoghurt style or cheddar type or homophones or misspellings such as milk with a Y. Those who support restrictions say these terms confuse consumers. That's nonsense. According to the brands using them, shoppers are more than capable of telling the difference. But could plant-based sales be improved at a time of flagging sales in some markets, if meat and dairy alternatives do not try and imitate the names of their animal-based rivals. Yes, suggests plant-based campaigner ProVeg. A new report from this group, which wants to cut animal consumption 50% by 2040, has investigated how fast food chains are embracing plant-based food. It's assessed five major fast food companies, McDonald's, Burger King, Subway, Pizza Hut and KFC, in nine countries. The results were encouraging from ProVeg's point of view, but with room for improvement. Only 6% of main dishes were plant-based. 51% of menus offered at least one plant-based option. One conclusion from the report was that minimising the use of words like veggie or plant-based and totally avoiding words like vegan, vegetarian or meatless would help improve plant-based take-up among all types of consumers. I caught up with Josh Bizig, senior project manager at ProVeg to tell me more. In food service and retail, there's a lot of opportunity to get people to replace meat with meat, with something plant-based, whether that's an alternative or a whole food. And in fast food and food service in particular, uh, there's just an even bigger opportunity, I think, just in terms of number of meals, the potential number, number of meals changed, right? Um, in the U.S. alone, I think the CDC within the last few years came out with a statistic that said one in three Americans on any given day eat at fast food. So, I mean, we're talking like hundreds of millions every day um, and across the globe. It's just a huge opportunity to make an impact. So in general, we looked at 43 online menus across several countries, um, the U.S., South America, uh, the U.K., Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, you know, places where basically ProVeg has offices as well, because um, we need some of those staff members to help with the ranking. We give points for the percentage, the relative percentage of plant-based to meat-based options, um, because we want to encourage not just more plant-based options, but uh, less meat options as well. So you get more points, not only if you have more options, but have a better ratio of plant-based to meat. And then we also scored on menu presentation because there are a lot of studies coming out that show that actually has a major influence um, with flexitarians and omnivores. How the menu is, is presented and designed, that can have a huge impact on whether mainstream consumers even choose a plant-based option over a meat option. Um, so we also scored on that. Um, and basically, we found that only uh, out of 43 menus and about 1,500 main dishes, 6% of those main dishes were uh, plant-based. So not a great percentage. 
still a long way to go. Um, some companies are doing better than others. Um, but yeah, that's the basic theory of change is that uh, we want to show who's doing well, who's not, um, but also use it as a platform to engage with these companies, hopefully directly. Give me an example of mini presentation. What, what do you mean? Yeah, one, one great example would be just what you title the menu item. So one, one menu item that we saw at one company was named uh, the Moroccan Rockin or the Rockin Moroccan, something like that. Um, and it was completely, you know, plant-based, no animal ingredients in it. But you wouldn't know that from the name, right? Um, if they had just thrown something, thrown a name like vegan this or that, meatless this or that, uh, there are studies that show that that can significantly decrease the chance that um, a meat eater or a flexitarian or an omnivore will choose that option. You can greatly increase the chance that they'll choose that option if you just name it something different. So that was one of the menu design elements that we scored on, was just the name of the item. I'm saying they're less likely to be purchased by meat eaters if they have words like vegan or vegetarian in the name, um, even words like meatless. Uh, some so some of them just either label or or name the item meatless something. Um, plant based is among all the designators. Plant based is like the most appealing, or maybe I should say least unappealing to flexitarians and omnivores. Um, but a, like far and away, if you just focus on the culinary aspect, or say the the brand ingredient like. For example, impossible or uh, beyond, as you said, the impossible Whopper um, versus vegan Whopper, you're, you're going to be much more likely to sell those to people who aren't vegan and not. Okay, so you could just give it any name, like a a, a, brand, a brand name, or you can focus on, you can, you can give it a kind of a nutritional cue. It, as long as it doesn't have that kind of meaty synonym then it's got more chance of success with a uh, with a meat eater, someone who's a reflectitarian looking to reduce their, their their meat options. Exactly. The studies are showing mostly what not to name it, right, as opposed to what to name it. So it's like what to avoid. So any items that had vegan or meatless in the name, they got much lower scored than those who didn't. Yeah, that's 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 that, I think that's super interesting and that's really relevant for them. Yeah. Like I mentioned, the kind of debates we're having—I I don't know if they—I don't know if they're happening in the U.S., but they're definitely um, happening here. The other thing that's happening here is the kind of the outlook for the plant-based sector in general, right? It is showing some signs of stalling. Um, we can say, I mean, things 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 differ between between regions, and and but I think it's fair to say that in general, this market hasn't been. Kind of, it's not been growing at a rate that its proponents have have wanted, right? What's your kind of view on that, and where does where does where does this current survey fit in with with that argument? But so we've had a hiccup recently, um, but I think there's a lot of growth to be had. Uh, that said, part of the problem currently is that there there is an oversaturation in the market. I think there's just a preponderance of companies trying to get in the game. Uh, many just want to get plant-based products out there, but they aren't the quality that many consumers want. So what I think 
what we need is not just more products, but more tasty products and, and more education about them. Because people are getting confused about the healthiness and perceived naturalness of these products. Prices of these products are coming down sometimes, but not quickly enough. Um, and these products still aren't viewed as normal by most people. So we need more education and more tasty products, not just more products. In fact, just more bad products might actually be bad for the movement in general. So, so what role can fast food chains play in maintaining momentum in this in this market? You said that your, your survey, what six six percent six percent take up was that? Yeah, in all menus looked at, yeah, about six percent of main dishes were plant based. Um, so yeah, this is the whole this is this is the whole point of the rankings. I think the most obvious role that fast food chains can play in in this momentum and maintaining the momentum is I think just adding more again tasty and affordable options. This will be a common setting, the fast food setting um, for people to try these products for the first time and they need to have a lasting impression, right? If we have a lot of bad products out there, people try these for the first time when they're eating out of home and they just think, oh, that's not for me and they don't come back. So that's not good. Um, but another thing our recent fast food ranking highlighted is the missed opportunity to tap into flexitarians and omnivores via that choice architecture and nudging. So I think this is another role that they have to play. Uh, we know from consumer research that more and more people in general are reducing their meat consumption and that even more want or plan to reduce their meat consumption in the near future. But people are still subjects of their own behavior, habits, and psychology. And, and there's increasing evidence showing that simple menu design can have those huge impacts okay. um, people choose. So in addition to number of options on menus, like I said, we scored the menu design element. And out of the 43 menus we looked at, the average score was about 4.5 out of 9 in that section uh, of, of the ranking. So not great, 50%. So that's a failure. Uh, so we outlined some best practices in, in menu design. And I talked about naming the items. That's super important. Um, I can share another one here. Research suggests that you can nearly double the rate at which meat eaters choose a plant-based option simply by integrating the plant-based main dishes in with the other main dishes instead of relegating them to a specific section of the menu. So you then increase the chances further if you integrate plant-based items and also list them first. And many of the 43 menus we ranked did not integrate plant-based menus, which menu items, which is a pretty simple way that you could just not only score a lot of points on the ranking, but um, tap into flexitarians and omnivores. Your argument is that with better menu design, uh, more options, better tasting options, you'll in increase the, the, the share of plant-based options in fast food chains what to what kind of percentage if if you mean what what are your targets yeah um i think a, i mean a great benchmark i think is reflective of ProVeg's mission which is 50 by 40 that's that replacing 50 percent of animal products with plant-based or cultivated in this case plant-based companies uh some fast food chains some menus that are much closer than others um, 
I think in the ranking, Burger King UK did the best. I think they had 18 to 20 percent of their entire menu was plant based, which is a, which is great. Um, and Burger King in general did really well across all all countries. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of it has to do with with branding as well. Um, well aware of that. But I think a, a great goal would be 50 by 2040. And again, to mention Burger King, they've already committed to 50% plant-based menu by 2035, I think. So even more ambitious than um, ProVeg's mission. And do you, do you have any stats on if, if Burger King UK has uh, up to 20% of their, uh, their products plant, as plant-based, do you have any stats on how successful those products are? Not in the UK, but in Germany, Burger King Germany just reported that one out of five Whoppers that they sell are plant-based. Um, so part of the reason we didn't collect that data is ju it's just very difficult. Um, we want to be we want this ranking to be easy to use because we have a lot of staff in a lot of countries who we need to leverage. Um, so just as a logistical practical thing. Um, we, we can't be waiting and relying on sales data from these corporations. Um, but that we do know, we, we would love to understand more the sales and the performance of these menu items. So I would love if everyone was as transparent about this as uh, Burger King Germany has been. Because um, just knowing how successful they are is super important. What does more options look like in a, in a in a in a fast food chain and also does the base the base protein used in these products matter we would love for for companies to be adding options that are more diverse and that are um more equivalent to the diversity of animal-based options that they have right because that's one of the top concerns we see but in consumer research is that um, people want more tasty options when eating out. People want more, just a more div a diversity of options when eating out. We want them to be more affordable. Um, so yeah, moving forward, we have considered adding to the ranking methodology something that scores for diversity of options because that's really important. Um, and then to answer your question about base product and, and in particular soy, I think Soy remains the base protein of choice for many plant-based meat products, especially in, in major fast food chains. Peas not far behind and wheat-based not far behind as well, but in fast food, not as common because I think of concerns around allergies um, and gluten sensitivity. But soy, I, I want to make sure I got on a high horse a, a bit about soy. Um, it's often villainized, especially after news cycles about the destruction of rainforests in Brazil. Even after almost 20 years, of those news cycles, people still have this perception of soy itself as the culprit, but the vast majority of soy grown still um, around the world it goes to feed for livestock. Um, about 77% of all soy goes to feed for livestock, mostly chickens and pigs, but about um, twenty percent goes to feed humans directly, and then the rest of biofuels. 
And in Brazil specifically, about 90% of all soy grown is ultimately sold or exported as livestock feed. It's astounding, but it makes sense when you think about the conversion rates. I mean, for chickens, it takes about eight calories of feed to produce one calorie of poultry. For pigs, it takes about 11 calories of feed to produce one calorie pork. Um, and then only a small fraction of soy goes to cattle feed, but for reference, it takes about 40 calories of, of feed to produce one calorie of feed. So those kind of conversion rates, and the, the demand for meat so high, it's easy to see why Brazil, uh, the Brazilian rainforest is, is destruction is due to soy, but soy is just the scapegoat for animal agriculture, um, which is where the majority of the soy is going. Um, that said, it would be great to see some diversification in, in ingredients, some up and coming base protein sources we're keeping our eyes on are micro, uh, mycoprotein and algae. For example, last year, corn and the KFC announced a collaboration for rolling out some menu items where the base protein is mushrooms, and that's supposed to come out in some European countries. Um, not so common, but still exciting. Algae, again, as a central protein. Um, I think it, it'll be a while before we see those, but I'm excited about that. And I know Tofurky just announced some plans to introduce some projects, um, some products with algae as the base protein. And then, of course, hybrid products with some combination of all these to achieve some optim, optimal functionality and taste. Um, yeah, I think this could, could also add some elements to perceptions of health of these products, especially algae. Um, but yeah, I think there is a lot to look forward to. Do people want plant-based option that's you know indulgent and unhealthy? Like a like a Big Mac or, or or a Whopper or a KFC or or would healthier alternatives boost this market? Um, we're seeing a lot of people report wanting uh, that health is their number one interest, but then they go out and they really don't choose that if it's not presented to them in a way that they can make that decision easier. Which is where the nudging and choice architecture principles come in. That's actually. That's what's happening um, with those and why that's so successful is that it's just help. the way I see it is it's helping people make the decisions they actually want to make instead of using relying on their lizard brain to go there and just be like, yep, I want that. So that and that, that, that again answers another question, which I think is really important, which is what's the what's the business case? For fast fast food chain delivering better and more plant based options to consumers, is it, is it simply that more choice equals more sales, or oh, I mean, what do they say to you? Do they say, yeah, we can, we've got these options, but there's not the demand, or it's simply not, um, it's not economical for us to produce different kind of options. Bear in mind our, our business model. Yeah, totally. Um, I. Yeah, I think there are a few ways to think about the business case. I think part of the answer is just the market insights I shared about the plant-based meat sector and how even though it's stalled a bit, um, it's not a fad and that it's projected to grow anywhere from 12 to 25% into and beyond 2040. Um, the consumer data also tell us that there's there's still so much untapped potential there. The taste, price, health, and convenience all remain barriers to entry for many mainstream consumers, but the, the desire and interest for plant-based products 
that overcome those barriers and meet expectations, those desires are still prevalent. People want them. Many consumers often respond that they're even willing to pay a premium for these products as long as they meet expectations. Um, ProVeg will be actually releasing a, a consumer survey we ran pretty recently to supplement our fast food ranking. And uh, some things that we found were that the majority of self-identified flexitarians and omnivores in the UK, the US, and Germany have a favorable opinion of major fast food chains offering more plant-based items. And lots of them report wanting to try and regularly eat plant-based plant options at fast food if only there were more tasty options. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a business case from the market research side, from the consumer research side. You can also think of the business case in terms of operational costs. I like to, people don't usually think of this element, but just the shelf life of plant-based products are longer, less vulnerable to spoiling from temperature. Also municipal health inspectors love plant-based kitchens because it avoids the issues with cross-contamination that are common with, with meat. So I think um, in, in terms of business case, you've got the, the market outlook, you've got consumer research showing a lot of untapped potential there, um, and you've got just this increasing awareness of uh, social responsibility uh, and sustainability and that plant, what people eat is it is a huge influence on not only climate, but many sustainability metrics. One thing I didn't ask you about was the price of the in the fast food rankings. Is, is it the case that the plant-based options generally uh, at a premium compared to the other stuff? Yeah, we still find a premium um, unfortunately, and the ranking could not take that into account because again, we have to look at online menus and a lot of the online menus um, that were not region specific, that were just for the country um, did not include prices, um, but that would be super interesting to see. Um, we would love to see how well the, the items are doing if they're, <clears throat> if they're closer to price parity um, than if they're not. Um, I suspect they're probably doing better as long as they taste great. Um, but yeah, in the future, we totally expect as as things scale even more and more every year that these prices will come down. And I think it could be <clears throat> a couple years from now, it could be decades from now. I think my personal view is that increasingly governments are going to make the food system reflect the actual costs of their production more and more. Um, so I think once that happens, meat is just going, the price of meat will slowly go up as the cost of plant-based products comes down um, because they will reflect more and more uh, the actual and external costs associated with their production. Let's sum up. There is really potential to, to, to increase the plant-based options in fast food chains. If that does happen, what will that do to the plant-based market as a whole? I, if, if one thing comes out of this ranking, I hope it's that more fast food chains take seriously choice, or take seriously promoting plant-based eating um, in their products, um, not only in their marketing and their branding, but in their menu design, um, which is 
incredibly impactful. Uh, McDonald's Netherlands just announced yesterday or the day before that they're rolling out several new plant-based items and listing them with, with the animal-based items in the menu. And they stated in their press release for this, the aim of doing that is to nudge names, mainstream consumers to choose those options. Um, so it's encouraging to see fast food operators increasingly aware of the power of choice architecture. Um, but I think ultimately if more and more uh, fast food chains do this, I mean, there's a, I think there's plenty of business cases to, to add more plant-based, but I also think that fast food has a role in setting norms. So I think there's an interesting, like what came first, the chicken or the egg thing where, yeah, fast food is, is responding to trends, but they're also trend setters, right? People, all kinds of people go to fast food. Um, so just imagine if major fast food chains used their huge advertising and marketing budgets to push the plant-based message and help normalize it. Um, the benefits of normalizing plant-based seeding and the resulting emissions reduction would be remarkable um, by making plant-based dishes more visible, more attractive, giving them marketing preference over animal-based offerings. I think plant-based would appear as normal and more consumers would be inclined to choose them. Um, and that in turn would produce more of a business case. <laughs> so I think it's sort of a cyclical thing. I think they play totally play a role in actually setting the norms um, because they are so ubiquitous just in the world. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>